All right, we're in week 10 of our summer series studying through the book of Proverbs, uh, talking about ancient wisdom for modern times. And today I want to talk to you about finding your tribe. You ever heard that phrase, you need to find your tribe, anybody? You know, okay, a lot of you have you've heard that phrase. You know, I tell you what, my tribe can usually be found somewhere in the vicinity of chips and salsa. Uh, that's where my tribe usually hangs out, some kind of a Mexican restaurant somewhere here. So if I can't find my tribe, I usually know right where to go. There's a human allure to finding your tribe, to finding that place where, as the old Cheers theme song used to say, where everybody knows your name, right? You know, where you just, you just go there and you can let down the guard because these people know you, you know them, and you enjoy healthy community. Your tribe should bring out the best in you. They should encourage you to pursue your dreams, to fulfill your destiny, to be all that God really wants you to be. The word tribe actually goes all the way back to the Old Testament times. You've heard of the, you, you know, you've heard of the 12 tribes of Israel. The word tribe in Hebrew is shevet, and it, and it literally means a stick or a, or a branch. Uh, some see it as like a, a scepter that a, that a king might hold or, or like the rod that, that Moses held in his hand. The idea is it's something that the people rally around, they, they get behind, they stand for. Author Seth Godin describes a tribe this way. He said, a tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, connected to an idea. So finding your tribe is akin to saying your, your group of friends, your community, your team, your people. Because here's what we know. Life is easier and it's more enjoyable when you get to spend it with people who think like you, who act like you, who do what you do, that want to take the journey with you. Having a healthy tribe of friends is important, and it's spoken of throughout Scripture. So as we continue our series in the book of Proverbs, you're going to see that Solomon wrote many Proverbs that that relate to the importance of, of healthy friendships and building relationships. So, you know, you know, I just want to say strong relationships are vital to healthy spiritual growth. Your relationship network should help you pursue your relationship with God. Solomon said this, Proverbs 27, 9, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. You know, there are times that we all need heartfelt advice, right? Where we need to to just kind of talk with somebody about something. That's where the importance of friendship kicks in. So just before we get into this study this morning, let's just pause and ask God to bless our time together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and uh, Lord, we, we recognize your presence in this place. We've lifted up your name in song. We've worshiped you here this morning. And now, Father, as we open your word, God, I pray that you would, you would speak to us. I pray that each person in this room, Lord, would, would hear, would see, and would feel not only your presence, but that which you, God, may want to communicate to them. So, Lord, is just in these next few moments we study your, your word, God, just, just show us what you'd have us to do. And, uh, God, if there's things that we need to change, help us to, help us to see that as well. So, Lord, we just dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Building your relational network, your, your friend group, your, your tribe is really a lifelong in, endeavor. Over, over time, our tribes change. You know, we move to a new location Uh, We start a new school. Uh, We retire and we come down to Naples. We're snowbirds. And all of a sudden we leave all of our friends there and we come down and 
Now, we don't know many people here anymore, so it's important, and especially so as we get older, that we invest in building relationships because we need friends. I say everybody needs at least four friends. If not, who will be the pallbearers at your funeral? I mean, I mean right? You've got you to have at least four. I, I'm shooting for six, six to eight because, remember, my friends are all at McDonald's or, or all at the Mexican restaurant. So you need to have, you need to have your group there. Let's see, what, let's see what the Bible says about the importance of friendships. Ecclesiastes 4. Ecclesiastes, another book written by Solomon. It's part of the wisdom literature. Uh, chapter 4, verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves in a cord of three strands is not quickly broken down. Listen, maintaining strong friendships is a good investment of your time. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. A good return in this passage is talking about the dividends that come from a wise investment. And we all like to make wise investments, right? I mean, probably everybody here wishes they would have bought Apple 20 years ago, right? I mean, that would have been a good investment. Uh, building relationships is a good investment of your time. Because the reality is we were not created to be alone. We need each other. If you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, he said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make for him a helper. So God created Eve to be with Adam because relationships are important. So we need to understand that we shouldn't underestimate the value of friendships because friends provide encouragement, moral support, trusted counsel, spiritual admonition, accountability, a helping hand. And if you look at the passage here, it says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. As I was reading that phrase, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up, it reminded me of something from 1987. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Remember that lady? Immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. <laughs> Don't be like Mrs. Fletcher, okay? You know, make sure that you've got your connections, your, your friends, your people that are going to help you up. It... Uh, you know, if you don't take the time to invest in building good friendships, you're, you're going to find that when you need them, it's, it's too late. If you ignore this uh, wisdom, uh, you could find yourself in a really challenging situation because there will be a day when you're going to need some help, and it could hit you when you least expect it. January 1st, 2014 started off like any other New Year's Day at the Neptune House, um, for us, we usually have pork and sauerkraut, mashed potatoes and corn on New Year's Day, something we've just been doing forever. So we did that, and then we as a family went down to the beach, and we, we walked on the beach, and then came back, and the kids went to do their things. I sat down, and my lazy boy, just to kind of kick back and relax on New Year's Day, and as I was sitting there, I started to see some, some flashes like lightning in my left eye, and I thought that was weird, and then all of a sudden, this poof. And it was just like these spider webs just went all over the vision in my left eye. And I thought, well, that's weird. You know, I wonder what that is. So the next day, I went to work, and I was there, and my assistant, uh, Kelly, was there. And she, uh, I told her, I'm like, man, I got these cobwebs in my eye. She goes, well, you might want to call the eye doctor. You know, that, that could be something serious. So I called the eye doctor, and they said, yeah, you need to come run right away. 
And uh, they sent me to a retina specialist, and sure enough, uh, uh, my retina had torn. Well, two days later, it detached. And uh, so that led to surgery. Uh, And then three days, face down, they put this gas bubble in your eye, and you have to stay face down 24 hours a day for three straight days. Sometimes, some people have to go seven and more days. I was fortunate, just three days, face down. And then they put this gas bubble in, and it takes three months for that gas bubble to go away. So you can't see out of that eye for, for about three months. Well, the process that they go through when they, when they do that surgery usually damages the lens in your eye, so they usually follow that up with cataract surgery. So in, in May of that year, I had cataract surgery in both eyes, and um, you know it was amazing. I, I could see for the first time. And uh, two weeks uh, after the cataract surgery, uh, my left retina detached again. And it was right back to face down surgery, face down for three days, um, and then the gas bubble. It, it was so incredibly discouraging. And it was at, at times like this where friends and family really stepped up to help us in so many ways. Uh, we had friends that just showed up at the surgical center and sat with my wife. We didn't know they were coming, just sat with my wife while I was in surgery. They drove me to doctor's visits when I couldn't drive. They, they encouraged me when I got depressed. Uh, one of my friends had heard that an eye patch can help, so they sewed an eye patch. It actually really did help. Uh, folks visited me. They sent cards. They wrote messages on Facebook. Um, having a network of friends really made going through that challenging that, that challenge more, more bearable. And then, believe it or not, in January of 2016, I was at Lauren's basketball game in Springfield, Missouri, and I noticed something in my right eye. And uh, sure enough, that was the beginning of a, a tear that led to a detachment, and I uh, had to do it all over again in my right eye. So seven surgeries, three retinal detachments, uh, cataract surgeries, two vitrectomies, and to, to God's glory, right now with my glasses, I see 2020 in my right eye and 2025 in my left eye. You know, it's amazing uh, after, after all of that. But I can tell you this, as Solomon said, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Um, it, it would have been really difficult to get through that incredibly discouraging time uh, without, you know, a friend network that was there. So it's important before those things happen that you invest time in building lasting friendships. Notice Solomon said next, and also if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? There are certain things that you just, you just can't do on your own. You need a friend. You know, it says here, if you're outside in the cold, at least two people can generate enough heat to survive. Uh, I'm sure we can probably all share a story of how uh, someone came into your life at just the right time. A friend stepped up at just a time when you needed it. Because the world can be a lonely place. And when you go through difficult and challenging times, sometimes you just need that friend that, that is there uh, with you. Somebody to talk to, somebody to, to cry with, somebody to just sit with you to, or to pray with you. A good friend... Uh, can know you so well that they can just sit with you in silence and just be there as a support because sometimes there's nothing to say. Margaret Runbeck says, silence makes the real conversations between friends, 
Not the saying, but the never needing to say is what counts. And you know, sometimes in a really difficult situation, there is nothing to say. When you've lost a dear loved one, and, and it, it, it's hard to have any words that are going to bring comfort. It's just the fact that you're there. But what happens in life if you've failed to build those relationships, to build your, your tribe, your, your friend network, and you face a situation like that, and there's no one there to come. There's no one there to be there for you, to come along and comfort and, and care for you. Here's what I know. Every person in this room is going to face some big battles in life. There may come a day when you wake up in the morning and everything's fine, but then a health issue arises in the middle of the day and you never saw it coming, or a marriage difficulty, or a legal challenge, or a financial crisis, or the loss of a dear loved one. When you face your biggest battles, you need your closest friends. Solomon said, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strongs is not quickly broken. Your relationship with God and your closest friend gives you the strength that you need to face those big challenges in life. There have been times in my life when my friends have come to my defense and to help me fight battles that I couldn't have fought on my own. And if you wait until you're in a crisis to start trying to build your friends, it's too late. You need to start now intentionally working on building your friendships. Because the day's going to come when they're going to need you, and the day's going to come where you're going to need them. So if you've begun to let some of your friendships wane, I encourage you, reconnect with your friends. Begin building some new relationships. Job was probably the biblical character who faced the most difficult situation. Everything in life was going perfect. They had wealth. They had families. They had everything was going good. And then next thing you know, you know, the, the kids die and, and the crops are gone and the fields are gone and, and he loses everything. And Job 2.11, it says, when Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Now, his friends didn't necessarily give him the best advice. If you know the story of Job, they told him to curse God and die. So that wasn't good advice. But the fact that they went, that they comforted, that they just chose to be with him set a good example. So I want to get real practical for us here this morning and just tell you how to build and maintain healthy relationships. So four steps to building and maintaining healthy friendships. Number one, recognize that you really do need friends. You need friends. I hope that just some of the things I've shared with you this morning cause you to realize that having good friends is really important because we need each other. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, and he said this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know what that means? It means we make each other better. I need you and you need me and we make each other better because of our relationship, because of our friendship. A good example of this is Jonathan and David uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, they became best friends and Jonathan warned David that the king, who happened to be Jonathan's father, was trying to kill him. So David was able to make steps to save his life and ultimately become the king of Israel. Friends look out for each other. They have each other's back. And that's what Jonathan did for David. And it's what we need to do 
for each other. Your friends are the ones that are going to be there for you when everything else in your world is falling apart. They'll be there for you. Secondly, be friendly and willing to meet new people. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Can I just be real candid with you this morning? Some of you could really improve your ability to make friends if you would just learn to smile, okay? Yeah, just smile. You know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. If you just put a smile on your face, it makes you more approachable. But some people walk in here, I mean, grumpy on their face. I mean, they're just standard look on their faces, you know, kind of grumpy, you know. It's like, well, I don't know what I want to, I want to hang around that person. <laughs> put a smile on your face. It'll make a big difference, you know. Brighten up the room when you come in, not when you leave. It's a it's important. Your best friend may be, sitting in, may be sitting three rows in front of you this morning, but you don't know because you haven't met them yet. You haven't introduced yourself. You haven't stretched out your hand to get to know other people. There are some people who, you know, if you would just join a connect group, um, it make all the difference, but you say, but I don't know anybody. Yeah, that's kind of the point. You know, there's a whole reason that we have connect groups in the church is so you can begin to connect with other people. You know, that's one of the reasons that we do that. So do it. You'll, you'll make dozens of new friends the first week if you'll just sign up and get involved. It's, it's one of the guiding principles of Venture Church. When we started the church, six, you know, almost six years ago now, we sat down and we said authentic community is going to be one of our guiding principles. Here's what we said. We said, we believe a sense of belonging and care and accountability are critical to balance and progress in our spiritual journey. At Venture, these are best achieved within the context of a small group of relationally connected believers. So I encourage you, here in a few weeks when we start the fall semester of Connect Groups, sign up, get involved. It's just three semesters. They're eight to 10 weeks each with breaks in between them. And uh, I encourage you to, you know, get involved another way to, to meet people is to join a, you know, a team to, to get involved in serving. Uh, there are so many different service opportunities here at Venture. What a great way to, to meet new people is to work alongside of them. You know, get involved in children's ministry, or the greeters ministry, or driving the golf carts, or get involved in youth. There are so many different ways that you can plug in and get involved. See Michelle. She's our event coordinator, our volunteer coordinator. You can sign up on a connect card. If you, you say, well, I'm not sure, you know, that, 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 you know, there's a place for me. There is a place for you. We'll find you a team where you can get involved. You just need to sign up and let people know. It's, it's, part, of, it's a part of spiritual growth. It's, it's just building those healthy friendships. But number three, you need to make yourself vulnerable. You need to risk rejection. Because I'm just going to be truthful with you this morning. Not everyone is going to like you. And that's okay, Right? You don't like everybody you meet, and, and, and they don't all like you, and that's okay. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a great book. It's called Blink. And, and in the book, he talks about the fact that in the first few seconds of meeting someone, your brain does all kinds of analysis that you, you can't articulate. You can't say what happens, but you just have this gut feeling, this is somebody I'm going to like, or this is somebody I'm probably not going to like, Right? 
you know, you can't necessarily say why you don't think you would like this person or what there is about this person that makes you say, I want to be their friend. But your brain does all kinds of analysis on people and, and it kind of helps you to know whether this is somebody that you should hang with or somebody that you shouldn't. Sometimes it's just as simple as the fact that you remind someone of another person. Maybe it was somebody that they didn't really like. And so they project their feelings because you remind them of that person. They project those feelings they had towards that person upon you. And so they decide maybe they don't like you. Um, this happens to me quite a bit. People who meet me often immediately think of Brad Pitt. And <laughs> then they project their feelings of him on me. And it's, it's, it's a burden I have to bear. But, you know, pray for me there. Listen. If that happens to you and you feel rejected, don't worry about it. Just move on. Jesus sent his disciples out. Go out and tell people about me. And he, but he said this before he sent them out. He said, Matthew 10, 14, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Sometimes we just shake the dust off our feet and say, you know what, that that isn't a person I'm supposed to hang around with. You know, There's no connection there, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you don't, you don't put yourself out there to build relationships because it is important. You need to have a tribe. You need to have a group of friends. So the fourth and final step is you need to put others' needs ahead of your own. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for time of adversity. A friend is a friend. They're loyal, even when it's not convenient. Good friends drop what they're doing to come and step into your crisis and to help you walk through your difficulty. Because that's what friends do. They put others' needs ahead of their own. And really, that's, that's what being a follower of Christ is all about. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, look at this, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Have you ever met people that they want to tell you everything about their life? And they want to tell you what's going on in their life and what crisis they're facing, what challenges they're facing, everything that they've got going on. They want you to hear all about your story, or the, their story, but they never ask you about your story. <laughs> they never ask you anything about, hey, what's going on in your life or how's things in your world or what's going on in your family. Listen, don't be that person. Be more interested in other people. In humility, don't try to one-up their stories. Just listen, smile, be genuine, get to know them. I mean, the very essence of Christianity is to put others first. Jesus taught his disciples, his tribe, Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. If you want to make friends, get interested in other people. Discover their story. Be more interested in, in listening to what they have to say. Dale Carnegie said this, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. You want to build friends? Get into the habit of asking questions and getting to know other people. 
Don't lead with telling them who you are and what you've accomplished and try to impress them with all of your achievements. Instead, lead with, how are you? Where are you from? What's going on in your life? Tell me about your family. Get to know other people. So why is all this stuff important? Because strong friendships are vital to healthy spiritual growth. We grow better in community. We need relationships. It's all throughout the New Testament. It's all throughout Scripture. We need to build friends. Jesus set the example of this. You look at his life, he spent the majority of his ministry time with his tribe. His 12 people, his disciples, the people that he had collected together. He was not just their savior. He was their friend. If you look at John 15, verse 12, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Looking at them, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus set the example for us of what it means to be a friend, to have a friend. Jesus invested in building relationships, set the example so that you and I will do those same things. But here's what I know over time. Life happens. You leave school. You leave college. Kids start coming. And before long, some of the relationships that you had begin to erode. People move away. You change jobs. You change churches. Maybe your friends graduate and move on. And over time, the busyness of life crowd out your relationships and your friendships. And before long, you find yourself alone on a Friday night saying, we don't have any friends. We have nobody to go do anything with. I've built a career, but I don't have any friends to enjoy life with. That's you this morning. I encourage you to find your tribe. Find your tribe. Realize that it really is important to build friendships. Risk the fact that you just call somebody up and say, hey, what are you doing Friday night? Or what are you doing after church? You want to grab lunch? We, we do our best to make it easy for you. Sign up for Connect Group. Join a ministry team. Listen, it doesn't even have to be at church. Join a team. Join a club. Join some kind of a group outside. Adventure. We, we, our evangelism strategy is very easy. It's called Invest Invite. You invest in building relationships with people and look for the opportunity to invite them either to church or into some kind of a conversation about Christ. But it all starts with investing in building relationships. You can do that. Maybe you're here this morning and the most important friendship that you haven't developed is your relationship with Christ. Jesus Christ came to be your friend. And if that simple thought doesn't blow your mind, it should. John 15, 13, greater love is no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. He came not only to save us, but he came to be our friend. 
Does it ever, has it ever dawned on you that the God of the universe that spoke the world into existence, that flung the stars into the sky, that measures the waters in the palm of his hands, that measures the universe between the thumb and the finger, knows your name and wants to be your friend? See, that, that, that's hard to believe, but it's true. He's done everything to have a relationship with you. You just need to work on that relationship. Maybe you've let the most important friendship in your life wane a little bit. Maybe it's time to reconnect with God. Reestablish that relationship first. Maybe you're here today and you've never had a relationship with Christ. You've never, there's never been a time in your life where you called upon Christ to save you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ever been a time when you just put your faith, your trust in him? Not in your work, religion, or church. You just put your faith in what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross to pay for your sins. Rose from the dead, proving that he was indeed God. And he wants a relationship with you. Maybe you just need to say yes to Jesus today. So I don't know where you're at today. But I know that Jesus died so that you could be reconciled with God. I know that scripture from Jesus all the way back to the Old Testament in the times of Solomon, have talked about the importance of relationships and friendships and community and building your tribe. And if that's an area where you need some help, make a decision today that, you know what? We're going to work on this. We're going to do this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize this morning the value of relationships. Lord, it's, it's all over your word how you instruct, instruct us to build relationships and community, to connect with others, to be friends with other people. Lord, your word tells us about it. But Lord, the busy, busyness of life can get in the way. Sometimes we find ourselves in a, in a situation where we just don't have many relationships. And, and so God, I pray that there's some here today that need to work on that. God, give them the courage to just admit the fact that this is an area they need to work on in their lives that they need to make some new friends. They need to make some new relationships. They need to put themselves out there and meet some new people. So God, give them the courage to do that. Lord, there may be some here today, and the truth is they've never established a relationship with you. They've never accepted Christ as their Savior. God, I pray before they put their head in their pillow tonight that they would become friends with Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. So God, help us to grow in that relationship and all the relationships. And uh, God, may, may we be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do. Father, go with us now uh, as we go out this week. Help us to bring light into the darkness. And uh, Lord, help us, to be, help us to be those loving, kind friends that this world needs. Lord, we ask this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.